everybody. Welcome to the Spicy Boys Movie Podcast. Podcast where four spicy boys have spicy takes about spicy movies. I'm your host, Alex Copeland, along with my three friends, Eric, Zach, and Charlie. We discuss all of the spiciest movies by spinning a wheel, picking a movie, and talking about it. This week, this is my pick, and I dove into the depths of Kung Fu into China. It's great. China's gotten a bad rap recently, but their Kung Fu movies, dope as hell. Uh, today we're watching Bandits, Prostitutes, and Silver, a super fun movie. Uh, one of the few female-directed kung fu movies. And it is one of the most violent um, kung fu movies I've seen. There are... It feels like every minute there's a kill. Or a, you know, a battle. Um, but if you haven't watched Bandits, Prostitutes, Silver... You can go over to YouTube, type that in, Bandits, Prostitutes, and Silver, and you'll find the Wu-Tang Collection, which is a YouTube channel, posts a lot of dope kung fu movies. Go check them out. Uh, Go watch this movie. Maybe dive into a little kung fu rabbit hole, if you will, on YouTube. It It's a great way to spend a Saturday, spend a Sunday, spend really any day. You're working at home. Why not not be watching a kung fu movie while you're working at home? Uh, Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. I certainly did. And stick around to the end where we'll find out what the wheel lands on and what we watch next week. So, until next time. Until the end of the podcast, which is next time I will be talking. Second one. I, I was it Raiders? Was it Raiders? Yeah. No. The Temple of Doom, second one. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wish. I don't know. Dr. Jones. They Dr. look Jones. exactly alike. Their voice was very similar. To, I guess, damn it, it's not his voice. Who was that? Who was that? Just gotta look up who you played a, short a sub- round. Need to find a subtitled version of the movie.
sure am. I don't see him. Unless he's like, uh, not credited or Mystery character. Short round actor, Jonathan K. Kwan. When did it come out? It came out in, uh, China, right? The, uh, Bandit came out yeah. in 77. So he might have been too old. Yeah. A kid. Man, that kid was great, though. I wish yeah, there was, right. like, more with, more with him, you know? But. This yeah, so the whole thing was good. Okay. I like the. I want to see the subtitled version, though. Jonathan, because uh, Short Round's first movie was 1984. And then he was in The Goonies. Really? Yeah, he's in The Goonies. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Booty Trap! Booty Trap! Is that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he went up to 2002 and then went kind of silent. But he's in a new movie, Everything and Everywhere All at Once. Oh, oh, everything. I think I've heard of that. Which I think is made by the Daniels. Yeah, I think it's the Daniels movie. Wow. That's why I've heard of that. Yeah, it is. It's nice. in post-production. Nice. I wonder who made uh, who made this one. Uh, uh, so this was made by Cao Pao Xu. Kapao Shu, I'm probably saying that wrong. Chinese guy? Oh. Chinese woman. Oh, oh, sexy. The only woman that I know of that made movies. She directed like. Yeah, that's interesting. Like 10, 10 movies, something like that. Um, but she was, she was an actor. She's mostly an actor. Oh, okay. Long time. Yeah, so you can mainly for Shaw Brothers stuff. Um, but she got to direct, you know, a handful of movies. Nice. Nice. I had seen um, Blood of the Dragon before. I hadn't I hadn't actually seen this one before, but I had heard it was really good. Oh, you had never seen it? I'd never actually um I, want, I just wanted an excuse to... There's uh, not much story. It's just pretty much like... Just action? Fucking kung fu it up. I mean, there's a story, but it's just like... It's like a it's like a spaghetti western story. Yeah. It's like a Sierra Leone story. It's, it's very like, like... There's some silver. Yeah, it's like an excuse to uh, have some fights. Yeah. <laughs> there's some silver. People want the silver different reasons is like a good guy there's like it's a good girl. bad guy you know and then there's a bad bad guy oh there's a bad bad guy i like the guy that is the initial bad guy that he pays that he offers them he offers him the money yeah when he you son of a bitch <laughs> and then he walks in and he's just like holding the uh the, the bird cage. He's just like yeah. the bird cage guy. It's awesome. Walks in. I wish he had like just kept the whole that bird cage the whole movie. That would have been like his thing, like his. 
I was like, oh, he's Birdcage Man. That's him. The Birdcage guy. The, the Birdman. He's the Birdman. <laughs> exactly. Put a bird on it. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. It's. Yeah, I wonder what Eric thought of it. Because it was pretty. Uh... I really want to hear his thoughts. It's not a They're very, usually pretty uh... good pretty movie you know it's like a yeah old school kung fu are there any dvd copies of it anywhere probably um there's a lot of like uh probably some like bootleg copies of it that exist that yeah are, of course like probably most not most, but a lot of kung fu movies. Because it wasn't just like uh, one of those movies that'd be like, you just have prints of, you just buy the print? The, yeah, the way, um, yeah, the way the Hong Kong studios um, distributed movies usually was, um, you wouldn't, usually from like, or an American studio, you would essentially just rent uh, a print. You know, you essentially have a license to show it however many times, but you have to eventually give it back. Um, but um, with a lot of kung fu movies, and especially the like smaller ones that aren't Shaw Brothers, like it's like everybody else, which yeah. includes this film, um, you would essentially just buy the print. And then you could just show it however many times you want. It was like your print, whatever. Interesting. Um, Before, you know, you had like that, uh, like, do you can't show this for personal viewing? <laughs> like the copyright law, whatever. But, uh, but I think because of that, um, that's why, like, almost all of these kung fu movies that aren't Shaw Brothers movies are just either basically in the public domain um if they're not they're in like some weird gray zone that's like they can't really does the chinese government out. own them um i think they were made by hong kong studios oh studios oh, yeah. in hong kong so it's like technically separate yeah yeah it's China. i imagine I zoned out well it'd second. be uh british owned at that time then Yeah, this is this was a Hong Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, the Hong Kong. It's t yeah, it's totally British Hong Kong. It doesn't have to worry about. It. But um, but it's dope, dope loop. Yeah, um, I I heard about this movie because um, Quentin Tarantino was on on Pure Cinema podcast and he was talking about kung fu movies, and um, he talked about this director. Uh, Pao Shu and how she was like the only woman directing kung fu movies, or probably ever, wow. unless there's like somebody doing it now. But um, I don't know about. But uh, he he said that like she directed like some of the most violent kung fu movies, and you can see it in this yeah. one. I mean, it's like almost constant fights. Yeah. You know? Um, he was like, "Yeah, that's badass." That like, 
the only woman director directed some of the like yeah, most probably. violent yeah. kung fu movies. Yeah. I guess it'd be like uh, his idol. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Some of yeah, some of the now that you say that the, yeah, like Kill Bill so many, like, take some inspiration. Yeah, especially in that final the final fight yeah. where he's like, there was a the music cue. Trying, like, there was 30. a music cue that like straight up out of totally reminded me of Kill Bill. I wonder if, um, because I know sometimes some of these studios would just like lift, um, like soundtracks from other movies, yeah, just straight up like take them, (laughs) put them, yeah, you mean like Uh, like the temp tracks, (laughs) yeah, like, uh, I can't remember what movie I was watching, but it was like, you know, either some action movie you know, kung fu movie, and it was just like the, um, just like a blatant ripoff of the Halloween theme. Nice. It's just, it was like you know, spooky it, sounding. It, but it was like, what? This is, it's, it's just like completely divorced from like the original, like, text. It's, it's so, it was really it's, bizarre. It's awesome. Yeah, I love when people do that. It reminds me of, you know, just thinking of all like the, even like the new movies that you know it's like it's like we want you to make a we want you to score the film and it's like here's a temp track of like from another film that's very popular and then like yeah, then I they mean, actually come out with it and it's like still very similar to the, that same studio the same uh, yeah the they, same that's score. probably what happened they were just like yo make uh, put this put the soundtrack in there people like it people like it Cause I think like uh, Transformers is really was really bad about that. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Marvel's kind of bad at that too. I mean, there's a person I know like on YouTube who's done a compilation of the temp temp tracks from like a uh, of whenever they were editing the movie before they had uh-huh. the score, and like you can and they show it like of they like with the YouTube. like this like with this score it's like. And it has the same rhythm, and then like you hear the 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 actual one that was used, and they're very striking similarities. I think only like one yeah. of the movies got in trouble for it. One studio. Cause yeah, like, I mean back then the it was like probably a lot harder to like figure that out. Oh yeah, no one gave a shit. No one's like, eh. and like, Sorry. yeah. I mean, they probably didn't huge amounts of efforts into it as they do now yeah it's true they they probably didn't realize like was that worth doing you know what i mean back yeah. then but now there is like an incentive there's a financial incentive to like because I mean, if you go back far enough i mean if you like watch i guess like you know old westerns i mean it's pretty much just all talking yeah right the only other things that kind of split up kind of break it up talking as the sounds of gunshots <laughs> but again it could also yeah, be due to limited tracks yeah I mean it was, it's all with with a lot of these especially like the lower budget kung fu movies you know it's all about money you know yeah. you, can't, <clears throat> you don't want to pay for like somebody to make Strange. everything so you, you don't want to take it from Han somebody, Zimmer <laughs> Danny Elf yeah. coming in. But, um, 
Yeah, there's like a lot of if you watch a lot of kung fu movies, it's like, and you listen to the soundtracks, you can hear like, oh, this is just like a like a Morricone score that they just like took and put on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see with those, you know, Funny. it's like, hey, it's like, hey, uh, try and catch us. So we did this. I bet you, they're usually gonna fly under the radar because I mean, they're B movies. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Uh... Especially if they're foreign. Yeah, fly under the radar. Um, yeah, an interesting thing Quentin said in that podcast, the Pure Cinema podcast, was he talked about how, um, like, black theaters essentially like kept kept kung fu movies alive for a long time because, like, oh, I've heard this. Yeah, like I've in black culture, it's like a huge deal. Like kung fu, like they just loved kung fu movies. Yeah, I've heard that before. I guess I could see that. Uh, it might have been because they were cheaper, cheaper to get and show. And like once you bought one, you could just show it forever. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. But it's like ingrained and especially that, like the uh, anime culture and all that, that they have. Yeah. Same sort of thing. But um, that's why. I, I've been I've been watching some of these uh, Cinema Thirty Six um, showings they've been doing streams yeah. with RZA um, and some other people. Um, but those are super fun because you you learn a ton about like what what kung fu was was to like these different at the time like what what it was like to go to a kung fu movie. Yeah, I'm sure it was pretty bad. I would like to do it. Can't wait to go back to the movies. Yeah. Can't oh man, wait. It's been it's been a minute. Can I can't even remember the last movie I saw in a theater. Mine was darker than amber. Oh. God. Ah, see, one of my favorite ones. That's Rent a kung fu movie. It's a comedy. Love on delivery. <laughs> Came out ninety four. Love on delivery. I've never seen that. I remember watching this because I watched it with like Koi like one night, like just had it and it's like just watch it just out it just over the top. I just remember because like one thing when like one of like the th- fights ends up with them rolling down like this massive staircase that's like a hundred steps or more. Oh, I've seen this guy's one of this guy's other movies. Stephen Chow. Was... I he made Kung Fu. I haven't seen Kung Fu Hustle, but I have seen Journey to the West. Journey to the West is really funny. I imagine. Love on Delivery is super fun. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle oh. 2 came out. That's a thing. They made yeah, it's yeah, yeah. supposed to come out this Kung year. Uh oh. Hustle. Remaking everything, dude. It won't be a direct sequel. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty good. I think about it, like they so that that move the new movie by the Daniels. It's uh being produced by the Russo brothers. Interesting. It's pretty dope. What was the last movie I saw? Theater. In theaters, I can tell you what mine was. Once upon a time in Hollywood, seventy millimeter, in Austin. <laughs> 
That was back like in January, February. Oh wow! At the Alamo uh, on Sixth oh, Street. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, they were showing that. I think I saw that when they were showing that in Mill. Still, it was like my first time watching it. I know I saw the Agful Horror Trailer Show in the theater. That was really crazy and fun. Um, but I can't remember seeing anything after that. That was in March. March 6th. It was like a couple weeks before we <laughs> we went into into our holes. Into the hole. Into the, the hole. hole at the bottom of the sea. Yeah, Darker Than Amber was a dope movie. It was a super old film. <laughs> I need to watch that again. I saw that at AFS a long, long, long time ago. Really? On film? Yeah. No. Um, it was a digital. It was a digital restoration of it. But um, interesting. Yeah, I heard it's hard I wanna to find. I want to say it was the unedited. Version, I want to say, which is like super hard to. It could be wrong about Yeah, I heard it's a rare movie. But all I remember about it is that final uh, bat fight. Yeah, and... so many good fights. Apparently one of them's real. Yeah, the one at the end is the... That's the real one? The, yeah. Like a real fight? Like, like actually beat Shadaija? Well, it was like they accidentally hit... One guy accidentally hit the other guy. And then, and yeah. They were like already were pissed off at each other or something, I think. It's like, we're just gonna do this yeah. real, just roll camera. And they ended up just fighting. Well, they were already shooting a scene. Oh, that's awesome. So it's it was so like it just the choreography shooting. went wrong. <laughs> Thinking of fight choreography reminds me of Shadow's Light. Yeah, right. If we had uh, Martin and Solomon here, they would talk about it. They talk about that. <laughs> yeah, what'd you have to do? Fight choreography? Uh, well, Jackson did fight choreography with like another guy. Interesting. Yeah. But you gotta remember, like here it is. I, I found the trailer they made for it. <gasps> it's Twenty fourteen. Oh, Surprise! Yeah. Much like oh. a character used in the fourth act, it is I. Eric Mo holding a bird in a cage. It's a twist. Twist. I have eight pieces of silver. If you can hit the seventh one, you can keep it. Very sorry uh, that I forgot we were recording today. There's no time in the quarantine, so, you know. It's okay. It's all good. Time doesn't matter. Time is just no a con word. construct. Did I miss anything uh, that we talked about already? I mean, we want to hear your opinion. I mean, your opinion's the best. Just, uh, did. Sleepily talked about the... Yeah. We talked about short round. Short round, yeah. <laughs> we speculated that the uh, the little kid was the is the same actor as uh, short round from uh, Indiana Jones. And Gremlins. But it's Sadly, well. he is not. Dooney. The thing about Dooney. that the is that uh, we're canceled as a podcast, unfortunately. So, oh, sorry no. to say it. Canceled. No. 
this, that's uh, how we get canceled this week. Well, we got two, we got well, we got two viewers. Up, All right. match up, one, one of them is me. One of them is me. Good. Kid's like six years old. There we go. It still counts as a 200% increase. There you go. That's more than just me. That's right. Um, let's see. What did I think? Um, I like I like the credit sequence where it's just like pictures of them filming the movie to start off with. That's a bold move. Um, I think that more movies should do that. And conversely, I like a, an end credits where the movie just ends and then the next YouTube video starts playing. So the bookends of this uh, movie are very tight. <laughs> which is a great thing I gotta say. Well, it's a I remember I saw, I watched a kung fu movie and it, it, a lot of them end like that where it's just the end and then it's over. Um, but one of them literally like the ending frame was like a dude getting throat punched. And <laughs> freeze frame, movie end. <laughs> awesome. Great. Um, and we've said before on the show that uh, you know I'll defend a dub, and there was just nothing quite. Like, um, the first actor says the first line in this movie. It's like, hello there. I, I can teach you Kung Fu. Like, <laughs> that they got, like, Casey Kasem to do all the voices or something like that. Uh, and was great. I mean, we they only got had a 30-year-old woman to do the child. It was it was so good. We only had one actor, you know, in the studio, in the uh, recording booth that day. That's yeah. right. Got to save That's money. Right. Yeah, got to save money. Work with what you got. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I, I admire that the villain of this film, you know, it's pretty easy for the villain to just be like the guy with white hair and big white eyebrows, but instead they're like, what if it's the same vibe, but it's a man who carries a bird at all times. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Sounds like, like, uh, like Portland, you know, yeah. um, Yes, of course, that laid the track for Portlandia. It was kind of like they saw Dr. No, and they were like, cats are cool, but what is more evil than a bird? <laughs> a bird in a cage. It represents uh, represents something. And I, I, um, I, I, wish, I wish he had kept the bird cage, like the whole movie, and then like... <laughs> He should, have, fine, he should have fought battle, with the like, bird cage in his hand at, the, at all times. That would have really yeah. helped. And then, like, at the end, he, he, like, releases the bird. And then, like, the cage turns into some wacky weapon. That is a thing that's easy to forget in martial arts movies. That, like, wacky weapons are such an element of them. They really uh, capitalize on this. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a, basically... Um, uh, there was a movie called The Flying Guillotine, uh, which is pretty <laughs> famous. And that, like, after that movie, like, every kung fu movie needed to have like some crazy ass weapon that like didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it looked badass, you know. And the one matters. for me that really does it is the one that's the um, uh, roller skate. Uh, circular knives bangles uh combination like she was going to very finely uh slap chop her opponent to death with her foot <laughs> yeah that was just true. fabulous great all of the uh, choices are great great there was a lot of good stuff in this movie i had no idea why any of the characters were doing anything that they were doing 
except for maybe that the main character was trying to um, get his uh, girlfriend back from the brothel. Yeah, I couldn't really keep up with the story either. But were, were they trying to have a silver transport that then was an inside job where bandits go in and steal the silver so they don't have to split it with, I guess, the the courier who brought it over? It just got very complicated. And then the, the, like, the thieves leader is also the wife of the bad guy. Yeah. And in all of that, you know, the connective tissue is the sparrow. Um, he was he was there for some reason. Sparrow. He's just the sparrow, dude. The sparrow. I love when he goes, they call me the sparrow, and he just freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> Not the <duh>, sparrow. <laughs> I've heard of you. <laughs> um... What else? What so? What else has this director done? I'm very curious. Yeah, She's not I a one hit wonder. Alex was dropping. Uh, you, you missed the whole discussion about the, about, direct, uh, about the director. Kao Pao Xu. Um, she was a uh, actress for a lot of Shaw Brothers movies. She was in like, like 40 or something movies. Um, but then she was able to uh, direct like 10, 10 movies. And she's, as far as I know, the only woman to ever direct, like, real kung fu movies. Unless someone did it under somebody else's name or whatever. But, uh, uh, but yeah, she's she's a badass. And um, she, like, all of her movies are, like, are very, uh, they feel like a spaghetti western in, in China. You know, it's like a kung fu spaghetti western. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think that was like the interesting thing. I mean, and the fact that like it's a drama that's like also based on like prostitution and like the man doesn't succeed. It's kind of like that seems so uh 70s filmmaking for me or something like that. Just like how weirdly dark it was. Yeah. Uh like it really mashes up uh genres in an interesting way. This is, this is probably the first movie I've watched where someone got decapitated and I actually felt bad for them. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh that's awful. Geez. That's terrible. <laughs> but usually, you know, they you decapitate like some bad guy and it's like, oh, hell yeah, his head came off. That was badass. But they yeah, I would say you know, that like the, the murders in this movie were deeply upsetting. They're yeah. Graphic very yeah. graphic yeah i i learned about this movie through a podcast and quentin tarantino was talking about this director and how she was like one of the most violent kung fu directors like her movies are all very like some of the most violent movies more blood kung fu movies yeah. blood sex kill them <laughs> get the pa to make 20 more gallons of blood pronto see so it's even more badass it. if you say rock and roll after it Rock and roll. Like in Wild Zero, whatever. Um, I was thinking about uh, Quentin, our boy, um, and that like after Kill Bill, was America just like, oh, I guess I guess we've uh, emptied the well of kung fu movies. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They don't make a. 
I mean, they're just like, uh, they're just, Kung Fu movies have sort of, I think they're sort of having like a, a little revival at the moment, but mm -hmm. I mean, for, you know, since like Kill Bill, they've mm -hmm. mostly been like the butt of jokes, you know? Yeah. People kind of watch them and laugh at them and don't really take them seriously. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where like so many, uh, very genre films have not benefited from uh, the exposure due to infinite reruns. So, um, yeah. Because I can't really show a lot of these on TV. I mean, Kung Fu movies, probably. It's weird. It seems like um, the, the one exception to the rule is horror movies, just because uh, there are just so many of them made at all times. But these other things that are kind of more mid budgets which are movies that wouldn't be made anymore because people are like what's the point if i can't make 300 million dollars and spin up a franchise exactly. um that's what it's where sometimes i just want to see a person you know punch the air with a child who has a bowl cut and a ponytail at the same time there um, we go that's truly what we're after what, that is one thing I wonder about these uh, terrible uh, dubs is that like, um, is it possible that the actors are actually communicating something of value and importance uh, and instead, you know, whoever dubs these is just like, well, we'll put in like a hi-ya times 20 <laughs> and call it a day. We'll just throw in Mortal Kombat noises. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that the people who dubbed these in the 70s didn't have the scripts. They just watched it and tried to piece it all together. Oh, I know. Like, when that guy just goes, son of a bitch. Come on. So, so weird that, like, um, there was some line that the madam says in here where she's like, you'll never get this uh, son of a bitch whore. Like, you know, just like all these curses. <laughs> and it's like, because she's out there, like, kissing the nose of another man. <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> I don't, this character has just kind of broken all the walls possible here. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth. I mean, it's just that weird. I love it. Mm. From what I understand about um, make the way they made Kung Fu movies was that usually, I think for a long time, it was like Shaw Brothers was like the, is like the Warner Brothers of you know, Kung Fu. And if you watch a lot of Shaw Brothers movies, you notice, like, the voice actors of the dubbers are basically the same people. It's, like, the same, like, five people, it seems like. <laughs> uh, but I think it's because there was, like, a there was some sort of, like, dubbing house that they would, like, send the, send the movie to and maybe give them, like, some plot, you know, the plot, or maybe even a script, I don't know. Uh, but they would, you know, make, you know, and then they would make the dub and, you know it out i mean um, that's the same as it was like for anime at the same time we'd always go to like they, there was only like one production house like in the states that would dub everything so you'd have the same voice actor like in all these series wow and it's just hilarious yeah. the um if you if i've been i've been watched a few of these cinema 36 streams that they've been doing i don't know if you've heard about them or if i've talked about them um, no, I don't know. Uh, um, the Rizza from the Wu Tang Clan and 
like Ooh. a couple other people. Um, they'll show a movie. It's a, the last few times it's been a kung fu movie, um, but they're gonna. You know, they started switching it up. Um, uh, but they'll talk about. They'll just do a live commentary on the movie while it's streaming. Essentially. Um, but he yeah, talked about. Um, in in one of them, he talked. The RZA talked about uh, how one of the daughters of one of the main people that was like the, one of the big dubbers um, got in contact with him because he used a lot of their sam- a lot of these voices as samples, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it's really cool to hear my dad um, live on in these, you know, rap records. It's like a weird, like, legacy that he has. Uh, it was a cool, like, oh, <laughs> these were, like, real people and they, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, but it's just like super interesting. Like, oh wow, that would have been really cool. That would, that's a cool documentary that needs to be made. You know about these yeah. dub oh, houses. Yeah, there's gotta be. And then you know, uh, you just have to then dub the documentary itself, and then we'll come full circle. You gotta dub it yeah. with like a couple frames off. <laughs> just have that little bit of. That would be kind of funny. That'd be, uh, I would watch that documentary. I'm here for it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go pitch that. Let's go, go pitch that. Go find some documents. Right. Do some research. Yeah, the thing about dubbing like reminds me of like there's like this one anime. It's like it's called Ghost Stories, and it was such a shit show dubbing it. They didn't really have a script, so they, the, and the cast were like were super pissed off, so they kind of just came up with like their own thing for it. Oh, I've uh, heard about this. Yeah, I have, I have they, watched like, made up anime. a whole new story, right? With yeah. The same footage. It's like yeah. they call like, like calling his kids like, "Hey, stop crying! You little, you're being a little punk ass bitch." And it didn't... <laughs> it's like I'll just leave you. I'll leave you outside. You know. It's like he's like their kid brother in the show. It's like I'll just like you know leave you behind. Wish you got kidnapped. What the fuck? The um, what's so funny about that anime is that it's such 2006 humor where it's like, oh no, these jokes uh, would not fly and. Uh, 2016 when I watched it, nor 2020 if I were to watch it again. But the, there's a sublime moment in that anime where it's a horror, you know, it's kind of like uh, there's a monster of the week type structure, and um, this girl resurrected her rabbit um, as, and that's the monster of the week. <laughs> and so there's this scene where the girl's like, "Well, the thing is, I just think back to the time that I spent with uh, my rabbit." Um, and his beautiful laugh, and then it just cuts to her holding the rabbit, and the rabbit going, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) And then the beautiful things that my rabbit would say to me, and then the rabbit goes, judge me. (laughs) It's it's literally the stupidest thing ever, but, um, (laughs) I do send that YouTube clip to my brother who also watched that anime out of desperation four years ago, so. I mean, a great... Look it up on YouTube. Don't watch the whole thing. That's it's, it's like an abridged series. It's an, that's the actual series. That's but an actual series. Uh, and much like this movie, the ending of Ghost Stories is abrupt and unsatisfying. <laughs> Man, that final fight though was cool though, right? Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. The final fight was cool though. They both yeah. die, and the coins fall, and then it's like the end. Progressive. Freeze, yeah, freeze, freeze frame. I, I'm not. I'm not sure where the coins came from. Like, is he in like a pinata that just like opened up? 
Because inside, his actual body was a cage. What if there was just a metal finger on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> the end. Get out of here. It's like, I took your money. Well, uh, do we have any concluding thoughts here on... Um, Jesus, what was this movie even called? I, I told one of my friends about Bandit it. And Bandit Silver right Prostitutes. Bandit Prostitutes and Prostitutes Silver. Oh, or alternate wrong. title, Battle of Shaolin, apparently. Is an alternate title of the film. I like the. Prostitute I would be Silver less embarrassed Shaolin. to tell people that I was watching Battle Shaolin. It's not as good as Bandit's Prostitutes and Silver, though. Yeah, that's true. honestly that. Yeah, that one is better. A better title because it represents everything that happens. You got your bandits, got your prostitutes, and your silver. What got else? the bandits. <laughs> you got your. Yes, like I got the seven silver. Come get it. It's <laughs> awesome. Great maybe maybe not a great movie but it was good it could be a movie I'm glad good we watched and it. directed by a woman so that's badass we i admire you know uh how it all kind of came together because uh like soderbergh says it's making movies is like trying to do uh pointillism from five thousand feet in the air so to be able to create a movie like this with you know limited resources and as a woman in that time is amazing. Yay. For real, for real. For real? For real. I'm down. I'm down for the come. Should we do the wheel? Time to wheel. Yeah, spin it. Spin that wheel. Spin that See what we got here. Wheel is live. Um, Do you make sure to take out will we, China? Will we land on something one of Eric's picks? Could you take China? Right. I think at this point it's rigged, man. I yes, I did. Okay. Good. Eventually, I mean mathematically, like eventually it has to be you, right? Eventually. Well, next I know it's gonna be like land on um, Hayami Miyazaki. And next time we're watching Howl's Movie Castle. I'm excited for psychedelic animation. I'm always down for non-Disney animation. Some fantastic planet. All right, we ready? You ready? Ready. All right, ready. let's do it. Here we go, here we go. Shot Ooh. on video. Shot on video. Another one of my categories. <laughs> I swear I haven't dude. rigged the wheel. <laughs> the only you know, next time I we're going to do a paper wheel so that none of this uh, fraudulent wheeling can happen. That's all I'm saying. This is are, a, you, are you casting little, doubt on my wheel? Yes. Little fishy. My... Little fishy. I'm going to say it, A-W-A-B, all wheels are bad. Uh, <laughs> you wanna every wheel is bad. You all want to respin? I'll respin. Sure, we'll get uh, no, one, no, no, one no, free no, respin. No, if it's no, not no, better than shot on video, we'll just stick with it. I, I, I joke, but we cannot uh, we cannot question the sanctity of the wheel. <laughs> if we do a shot on video, I want to do that one. I want you to I hope it's that one documentary about like the with the, the random camera with the steroid using guy. No. What? What are you talking? Oh, that movie. Uh, it's a movie like Alex had that the weird that turns to be documentary. It's like a meta doc. The documentary making a documentary. Oh, I know what you're talking. I don't know why I have it stuck with like animorphs in my head. About. I don't know why. I don't know why I have that. But it was it was just like it, he had found he bought the camera and then like it had a 
footage on yeah, it. He, he bought, yeah, he bought a camera that had, like, a bunch of footage of, like, this roided-out dude. Who, like, was in competitions and, uh, or something? Like, rest, like... Yeah. And he went, he went searching for the guy. Or, like, he knew the guy somehow. I can't remember. But it's, like, very, like, mind-bending. Uh, but the guy was from Austin, and I met him at a afs showing one time did you meet really the cool. filmmaker or did you meet the um the filmmaker i was gonna say if you met the write it out guy i am impressed <laughs> yeah dude. but apparently he was, he was super nice he's a super nice uh guy he's just like a really strange like turn of events you seem pretty nice in the, uh, in the documentary especially like whenever yeah. you first told him about it like said hey like i really want to meet you Mm-hmm. And then Sean he goes cross country in his van with his cat. Yeah, he got yeah, he has a cat. Goes goes around the country. What shit? I thought I I wasn't ready to pick something. Oh, I know, I know what we're gonna watch. Um, Hands on watch this body. movie. This movie called Killing Spree. Um, uh oh. All right. Starring, starring arguably the greatest name. In the history of this planet, Uh-oh. Asbestos Felt. What? Asbestos Felt. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, directed by Tim Ritter. Um, Tim Ritter is notable for. Um, he lived in Jupiter, Florida, in this little, you know, little suburb in yeah. Florida. Yeah. And he was like 17 when he made this movie. What? And he, this was his second movie. He made like another movie before, and it like got um, a bunch of like he got it in like video stores and like got backing for it. Um, I'm looking uh, at the poster for Killing Spree, and it's uh, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say it's uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. It's uh, it's really wild. Um, I saw it in a theater. Oh, Jesus. See movies in theaters, y'all. Remember that? That was crazy. Uh, the before time. The before times. Um, but it's really wild, and it has... Shot on video has, like, a very specific, like, vibe um, that I think this movie does really well. Uh, and um, it's, it's, like... I'm excited. It's really good. There's, like, a lot of actually, like, really impressive scenes that he manages to pull off that um, are really cool. Um, I believe the movie's on YouTube for free. Let me let me check. You know, I'm looking at its Wikipedia page. And only one of the act, one of the people, one of the, one one cast member has a wiki, has a wiki page for themselves. Everyone else has yeah. nothing. Not even Tim Ritter. Tim Ritter. Tim Ritter doesn't have one either. As best of felt. No, it's uh, Joel D. Wincoop, the TV repairman. There it is. <laughs> it's been dropped in the chat. You That's can look actually at that. uh, what I look like now. This, uh, <laughs> this screen cap. The bearded man. That's, That's right. That is that, that right you look there. Like Tom Russo. But uh, yeah, Asbestos Felt steals the steals the fucking show. It's it's fantastic. This movie's fantastic. Amazing! You didn't have more movies like, as uh, you know, with that with a name like that. Asbestos. Let's see if they had anything yeah, else. 
get get ready, y'all. Get get ready for some for some fun. Oh, I see. I want to say asbestos. Asbestos was then Tim Ritter's first movie. He was in and... five movies, and four of those were by I think by Tim Ritter. Yeah. He was in so a Truth or like Dare. His guy. Killing Truth Spree or, Truth or and Dare Creep. Is, Truth or Dare is probably is Tim Ritter's more famous, slightly more famous film than Killing Spree. I mean, the most recent Not film that uh, I suppose this felt did Not... was Girls Gone Dead. There you go. There you go. Before Ooh, that, go, before that, it was Turtles. Man, now, now I want to watch that just to see Asbestos, man. I mean, so that was twenty. That was twenty twelve when that came out. He was also in the movie called Turkles, which is a, which is a tale of a group of curious kids from fictitious camp bloggerhead who embark on an adventure to solve the mystery of the missing sea turtle eggs, led by two thirteen-year-olds. And his name is Asbestos in the film. Hell yeah! There you go. So I think that's must... just awesome. You must have something about him that, like, people are drawn to. But a, Maybe so, it's his name. But he's a karaoke singer and Girls Gone Dead. Named yeah. Ronald. But, uh, yeah. There's, um, it's a serial killer movie. That's what, is what it is. High school cheerleaders stalked by a killer with a medieval warhammer and battle axe. But Eric would like that. Oh, what a, just what I'm I want. Reading, just the medieval. I'm looking over reviews of this, and I remember there's a rap. Asbestos felt raps at the end. I totally forgot about that, but okay. it's now that I remember it, it's fantastic. So um, get ready, get ready for a trip, everybody. Get ready. Yeah, I am. Oh my gosh, it looks like they have the. Uh, so the girl's gone dead. Has that guy? Has one? Has a guy from a meme. I just want to. I'm just gonna post it in the chat for you. The image of it. The meme. The meme. This is great. This is great content for a podcast for an Let's audio medium. I can medium. figure out how to go back. Yeah. I like. Any uh any final ratings for uh. Bandits? Do we have? Do we have five? ever like have? Do we need to do ratings? I keep forgetting to do like. Three out of five. Three out of five for bandits. Yeah, three out of five. B BPS. Um, my rating BPS. is <laughs> my my rating is four out of five. Uh, and my review is I'm gonna cop that bowl cut ponytail combo. Yes. Do it. I mean, I think that could be like that's you know, sparrow on your something face. to you know a, a good a good look to come out of this quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I think I... that it was a three-star movie, and then the main villain had a bird in a cage the whole time, and I was like, four stars, extra star right there. Extra stars just yeah, for the... Uh, that's what you get. For the uh, birds. The, um... The... Uh... I forgot what I was going to say. But, um... But five, four stars. Four stars! <laughs> four stars! Yeah. Nice. But you, you definitely got to look at that Wood screen crack. cap from uh, the girls gone dead. Yeah, don't make me do it. Do there it. There you go. Look at it. Girls, they gone dead. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy's in this. And girls yeah. gone dead. Yeah. Well, are we watching Killing Spree or Girls Gone Dead. We're watching Killing Spree. 
Okay. Yeah, Girls Gone Dead was just a ha was just a happy, you know, accident. It's just it's like the hot dog guy. <laughs> the hot dog guy? No, he's Who's the guy that? like drinking water or something. He's like drinking a cup of water. Something like that. The meme guy? Yeah. Yeah, who is uh, that? I just remember like, I don't remember. Or he just has like a funny look on his face. He's like, oh, apply me hard on me or whatever. <laughs> oh. Alright. Alrighty, y'all. Gonna call it. We're gonna be ready. We're gonna watch uh but we're gonna dust off our VCRs this week. Get to the beautiful world of VHS. I only have a Betamax, so it could be hard for me, but I got a bunch of Betamax tapes at work. I um I remember I was looking on Craigslist one time and I saw a Betamax player in the free section. I was like, oh, cool, free Betamax. That that that'd be kind of neat. And then I, I read the whole thing and it said like, I'm I'm giving away this Betamax and my large collection of gay pornography. You <laughs> have to take both. That was in the thing. It's like well, you can't, you can't what just if, take What a Betamax. fool you are because I would have taken both. Yeah. Dude, like uh, that's a deal, dude. Because um, vintage pornography goes for a lot on eBay. Yeah, and it was Betamax, so I probably could have cleaned up. Sounds probably. like you messed up, dude. Yeah, you could I have made a cool like a uh, video for a party or something like that, where it's just like dudes looking at each other. <laughs> there you go. I might I might be revealing a little bit too much about the kind of parties I went to when I was in art school. So you know, whatever. It's classical art on screen. Uh, and with that, I'm uh, the tragedy, we gotta call it. <laughs> because uh, Charlie's gonna die on the street. Yeah, I'm fading now. <laughs> Alright. Alright, see you guys next Monday. God, I'm Extravaganza. Tim Ritter, 17-year-old, made this dope-ass movie called Killing Spree. And it stars Asbestos Felt. Uh, if the name Asbestos Felt doesn't make you want to watch this movie, I don't know what will. Anyway, 
I hope you enjoy enjoyed this episode. I hope you will stick around, listen to next week's episode um, with Killing Spree. And yeah, yeah, that's great. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're all doing good out there in podcast land. But anyway, it is time for me to end the podcast. I keep rambling on saying nothing, but I must, in fact, end this podcast at some point. Uh, Tubi, if you're out there listening, I'll say it again. Um, we'll hawk your wares. We'll we'll sell your product because I love it. Anyway, till next week. Stay stay safe out there. Have fun. <laughs>